right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where I know we just inaugurated a new president this week, and thank God we did, but apparently we need to also inaugurate a new pope, because Contavious will do more than pardon your sins. Hey. He'll pardon your stagnant offense with some elite spacing and shooting from the perimeter. So give oh. us this day our daily bread, manna from heaven, we are not worthy. I don't think popes get inaugurated, but uh, for KCP, <laughs> why, why not? Uh, anything goes with KCP right now. I am your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I am joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander. Tommy, I remember you telling me something about the pope. What was it again? Told you he's good. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, happy tenant palindrome day to you, Tommy. It is one twenty-one twenty-one. Hey. Frontwards, backwards. So in honor of today, we will now play this recorded episode for you in reverse, and you'll have to decipher all of our hot, hot takes that way. <laughs> Just remember to wear your oxygen mask when traveling through that litness audio-wise. Uh, with that said, the Lakers have just beat the Milwaukee Bucks after a disappointing lackluster loss to the Golden State Warriors on Tuesday. They won 113-106, to 106, though it felt uh, much larger than that and much more dominant than that. Uh, refs aside, refereeing aside, Lakers are now 12-4, and 8-0 on the road. LeBron James just had a season-high 34 points, 6 of 10 shooting, also a season-high. As I mentioned, KCP, my God, I don't know if this is... this. I think he has maybe eight threes is his career high, but in terms of shooting proficiency and efficiency, this might be up there. Uh, KCP with 23.7 of 10 from three-point land, I think that bumps him up to like 59% on the season. So that's uh, ridiculous. Uh, Alex Caruso, one for one from three. So that bumps him up to like 54% on the season from three. That's crazy. Everything kind of just clicked for the Lakers tonight and mainly led by LeBron James just being locked in from the beginning. Anthony Davis was locked in defensively as well. And the this whole team, I mean, it was it was a kind of a wonky start, but the Lakers just trudged through that. And with their depth and their talent, they just kept sending waves over towards the Milwaukee Bucks and the Bucks just couldn't withstand just how, one, how talented our guys are, but also, two, the energy and athleticism that they were playing with because out go LeBron James and Anthony Davis, in come like rabid Kuzma, Trez, and Caruso. And... With all of that combined, like the Bucks just couldn't hold on, and the Lakers here and there were able to pull away. So, um, yeah, with that said, welcome to the show tonight. I don't really have an agenda. I think we will just talk about this Bucks game because it is an important one. It kind of teased the Lakers off on this next uh, road trip and these next few games as they finally get to face some competitive contending playoff teams. Up until this point, I don't know if they've actually even faced any. Like surefire playoff locks, you may have said Portland earlier on in the season, but now they're banged up and we don't know how that's going to go for them. The Spurs are always a fringe playoff team, but outside of those two, I'm not sure if the Lakers have actually faced any contending teams. You may put the Mavericks in there, but Porzingis wasn't playing uh, that second game that we played them. So with that said, this is an important game because it's... It was uh, Clips, a- but it was ring night, so... Oh, right. But we lost that game against the Clippers. Um, right. So outside of those 
few teams, the Lakers really haven't had a test. So this Bucks game, especially coming after that disappointing Golden State Warriors loss, is a great litmus test and gauge for the Lakers heading into a more competitive stretch, especially relative to what we've been facing. So, Tommy, just in terms of like a general overview of this game, what were your thoughts? It it felt a little bit wonky. There didn't seem like there was a lot of flow, maybe because the refereeing was just terrible. Uh, but it didn't seem to matter when you have LeBron James and KCP shooting the lights out from three. And overall, the Lakers defensively just uh, looking rabid and, and locked in and tenacious. Yeah, I actually, uh, one of the things I, I've noticed about this game is I watched the whole game not paying attention to um, the stats or anything, which sometimes I, you know, I'm following along the stats as the game's going on. But I didn't do that here. And I feel like the stats really do not do this game justice in terms of how well we I thought we played defensively. I mean, sure, there were some breakdowns that led to some easy buckets for Milwaukee in the paint, and that stuff needs to be cleaned up. But we did a phenomenal job containing Giannis. I mean, you'll you know, somebody yep. doesn't watch the game, they look at the numbers and they see eleven for seventeen, twenty five points, twelve boards, and but I think a big key here, he had nine turnovers. He easily I mean, a lot of those charges I texted you at some point during the game. I think they call them 50-50 calls. Um, Steve Javi was not calling those 50-50 tonight. Yeah. Like we obviously got the one that we overturned and we won that challenge, but I think out of all of Giannis's charges tonight, the like where it was a 50-50 call, you know, quote unquote, I think maybe we got called on the floor. One was called an offensive foul, maybe like the very first one or that one at like the end of the half for uh, first half. But after that, it was like Javi was just giving him every, he was just charging in there and just getting every call. And it was unbelievable. But I think part, you see part of, how well we did against him in, in the nine turnovers. Um, Giannis obviously handles the ball a lot, but nine turnovers. And only three assists. And only three assists. Uh, so nine turnovers, that's that's a really good sign. Um, we didn't shoot overall that well. I was, again, surprised to see, but we shot so well from three, it kind of made up for it. Um, Milwaukee does... I thought this was a really good win early in the season. It's any point in the season, it's tough to win these like, you know, road games against, you know, potential content contending type teams. Um, I will say I, you know, and I don't mean any disrespect to Milwaukee because I actually think their roster is better and they should be better than they are. Um, they need to think about like get, switching up this situation with Bud at some point. I mean, I know he's yeah. known as being like this great coach and, whatever they're like decision-making on offense is so suspect and they have so many, I mean, Giannis was defensive player of the year. You know, they have uh Brooke Lopez who he's slow on the perimeter, but he has his, he has his functions as a defender. I mean, he's still, he can get his shot blocks and drew holiday is obviously elite. Middleton is a very good defender. I just don't understand why this team is not better defensively, particularly on the perimeter. And and I feel like part of what happens is their offense is a little bit too free-flowing and loosey-goosey, and Bud just gives everyone on that team the green light, so you get all these random dudes coming in and just chucking up shots. And I mean, their bench is horrible, but I think part of that is they just don't, like, they don't... There's no flow to their game. I mean, when we, our bench is not like amazing some nights. Like tonight, I think was a relatively low scoring game, but we go to our strengths. Like you kind of saw it at the end of this game with with Montrez and us feeding him in the post. But anyway, I thought overall very strong effort um, this early in the season. 
for a road game. Suspect possi- possibly the Lakers were looking ahead to this game when they kind of, you know, shit the bet a little bit against the yeah. Warriors in the last game. But overall, great game, and, and uh, the team is going to keep getting better, and it's, it's all good signs so far. Yeah, I think LeBron James especially took the loss against Golden State to heart because I think, you know, the two guys who I feel like lost the game for us were Anthony Davis and LeBron James uh, near the end there because this team goes as they go mentally, like in terms of how focused they are. And I feel like in the Golden State Warriors game, especially defensively, they they very much let the rope go at the end. And I feel like LeBron James took that to heart this game. Obviously, 34 points, 6 of 10 from 3, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block. And I feel like there was that portion in the first half when the Lakers were down, you know, 6 to 8 points or whatever. And LeBron James is really keeping us in the game and tiding us over till everybody came on board. And after that, he just kept piling it on along with KCP. And that's essentially what won us the day. Um, and... You know, Anthony Davis didn't really have his shot going on tonight, and his jump shooting is getting a little suspect recently. Um, I don't know if there's any correlation to just like his uh, subpar free throw shooting to start this year, um, but I'm sure he'll course correct at some point. But his, his, he's not as proficient shooting-wise from the outside as he was earlier on. But regardless, what I have liked is recently he's been doing that super all-around game sort of deal where he's getting a lot of assists, he's playing defense, and tonight six assists, nine rebounds, two blocks, one steal. I really liked his activity on the defensive end. Um, But yeah, overall a great win for the Lakers, and I saw what I needed to see after that lackluster Warriors game. Um, I I mentioned it to you before we hit record, but... The way Randall was playing, I mean, Randall, I gave it away. The way Giannis was playing out there reminded me of rookie Randall. Not the Randall we're seeing this season, who's having a phenomenal season, by the way. Um, But he was just barging into the lane every single time. And it's like he didn't have like an ulterior move to go to. And his ulterior move or alternate move was just having the refs call it 50-50 you know every every other time so that he'd get a call or get some free throws or whatever so and I know he only got went to the line like four times but it just seemed like that was their that was his go-to move to just barrel it into the lane kind of recklessly and wildly so um I agree with you in terms of the stats not backing up what we saw because 11 for 17 you wouldn't think that uh, Giannis had a poor game, but he did. And I guess, again, that goes back to the turnovers. Um, but overall, like just a great team win by the Lakers. We'll get into some of what um, some of the other players did to help contribute. Um, but before we do, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. Uh, we got our first 2021 review of the year this past week. I think Carlos Mora gave it to us. So thank you, Carlos. I'll read that at some point in the future. Um, let's make it two reviews for the dawn of a new administration this year. Um, so yeah, please rate and review us five stars in the Apple podcast app. Also for our Filipino fans out there or fans who love Filipino things, uh, check out this hat I'm wearing right now. You can't check it out if you're listening to this podcast wise, but you can check it out on YouTube if you watch our show. Um, but if you go to Kuya Ate Ko, that's spelled K-U- Y-A-T-E-C-O dot com. It means brother, sister. Kuya is big brother. Ate is big sister. If you go to kuyaate.com, you'll get these customized Filipino-inspired Lakers hats featuring the Lakers purple and gold L alongside the backdrop of the eight-rayed sun 
which represents freedom and independence found on the Filipino flag. So they also have hoodies and beanies featuring this logo. So if you want to cop any of these things, head over to Kuyate Co. K-U-Y-A-T-E-C-O.com and use promo code LITLEGACY for 10% off. Tommy, do you want a uh, Filipino-inspired Lakers hat? Yes, I do. Great. All right. With all that promoting out of the way, let's just keep talking about this game. Um, I don't know where you want to start. Let's, I guess let's talk about LeBron James' performance because, I mean, he was the MVP and he proved it once again. Uh, It seems like so long ago when we had that game where Giannis was putting the crown on his head. Um, But LeBron James has squashed all of that. And even at age 36, I mean... Six of 10 from three tonight, and he frankly could have had a 42-point game if he had gotten... How did he go to the free throw line only twice? Okay, so... (laughs) Dude, he was getting hammered, too. Okay, so I think one thing that I've noticed when the Lakers are actually aggressive and locked in, and the intensity is high, and they're really amped for a game, one thing I haven't missed is just how badly the officiating is. You'd think the more aggressive the Lakers get, like the more calls they would get in their favor... But it only uncovers just how much calls we don't get because you're like, wait, the difference between this game and last game was LeBron James and Anthony Davis are very locked in and they're making it an intentional point to get hacked, but it doesn't seem to matter. So sometimes I'm just like, I I don't know if I really blame LeBron and AD for taking the foot off the gas pedal because even when they do, like they're not even getting the calls they're supposed to get. So, but otherwise, LeBron James played through that and really kind of again, along with KCP, who was his sort of safety valve tonight, just absolutely absolutely dragged us across the finish line here um and in a very dominant fashion. So, your thoughts on LeBron's game tonight? Yeah, amazing game. I feel like LeBron does this every year where, I mean, like, look, if you were just watching it yesterday, excuse me, the last game against the Warriors in a vacuum on Monday, I could see how somebody could turn that game on and be like, ah, you know, LeBron looks like he's lost a step. I'm not going to go so far as to say wash, but he looks a little slow. He looks a little rusty, you know, I don't know. Is that, is that a bad sign? And then he goes through stretches like this. And I feel like every year it's kind of the same timing that he's, this is his third year with us now. And every year it's been kind of the same where he gets off to a start and you're like, Oh, you know, he's playing well, but I don't know. He's, his numbers are down a little bit is, I don't know. Is this the beginning of the decline? Maybe we're starting to see it, but he's still good. And then like pretty soon he goes on the stretch and you're like, Oh yeah, he's the best player in the NBA still. (laughs) And I think he's starting that right now. I mean, this is like you, I maybe alluded to earlier, but this is, uh, or maybe we, we talked about this offline, but this is a big road trip for us. It's obviously a very long road trip. We have had one of, I think top 10 or so, uh, maybe it's even top five, uh, most difficult uh, strength of schedule so far. So, Oh, really? You know, I, I believe so, which it, didn't, it hasn't felt like that the entire time, so I'm not sure, but, but I yeah. thought I, I read that somewhere. But anyway, so, you know, on top of that, we're going on another long road trip here, playing, you know, some definitely elite um, Eastern Conference teams on the road, and it's going to be a real test and a real opportunity for LeBron to you know, do what he does best, which is show up when the like the spotlights are the brightest. And I think today was the first sign of that. I mean, LeBron felt like, and I think, frankly, rightfully so, that he got snubbed last year uh, when it came to the MVP. And um, 
he knew that this was his first matchup against Giannis of the season. And, you know, maybe the Lakers are, maybe he felt disappointed with how he, how he performed in, in the first game we played against Milwaukee last year when they beat us, I think it was somewhat close, but they were kind of in control of that game. And then I think blew us out a little bit late in the game, but you know, he wanted to come out and send a message. Um, and I think, you know, message received. He's still the best. And uh, it was just on both sides, dude. I mean, the stats on yeah. offense speak for themselves, but there were some plays where he got switched on to Chris Middleton. And you could tell Chris Middleton was trying to be like, oh, well, I'm going to use my speed against LeBron because he's old now. And LeBron would just lock him up one-on-one, just no help, like lock him up. And when the best player in the league and the best player in your team is doing that kind of stuff, it kind of sets the tone for everyone else. And I think that's what happened here. So, you know, LeBron's not only played amazing offensively, but he really set the tone for us or was one of the guys who set the tone for us defensively as well. Yeah. And I think he understood the importance of getting off on the right foot as we enter into this, you know, tougher stretch. We don't want to hear all of that, you know, light schedule truthers against the Lakers again. You know, we want to make sure that we go into this with a strong foot forward. And that's exactly what he did, not to mention we continue that, you know, mental streak of not losing two games in a row uh, this early on. Because for the most part, especially, I'm sure Frank Vogel will attest to this, but we're still very much experimenting with this unit and this lineup. And it's still a very earlier, early in the season. You don't want to mentally get it into some of the new guys that maybe we aren't as good as we thought, you know, but when the guys are engaged, when your leaders like LeBron James and Anthony Davis are engaged, everybody else follows suit and you realize just what the ceiling of this team in totality could be. And actually, I think the supporting cast, especially recently, but all season has been pretty good in terms of the effort and activity and, and intensity that they've brought it's kind of really been whether is, is 80 showing up tonight is, is LeBron showing up tonight to the utmost capacity and it hasn't really mattered until really the Golden State game and a couple of our losses um, but it's nice to know that yeah they they really can flip the switch but they're also cognizant of the fact that we don't want to mentally fall into the trap where we just sweep everything under the rug and say we can flip the switch whenever we want to that this early on we're saying no, we're going to prove it to everybody now. Um, so, yeah, really impressive performance, MVP-like performance from LeBron James tonight, 36 years old, absolutely incredible. And he's had an amazing season for the most part, you know, um, even going at 60 70% on some nights. Um, before we take it to break, I want to talk about the Pope, uh, KCP, um, Ray Allen without a movie deal, Ray Allen without a He Got Gay movie. <laughs> um 7 of 10 from 3. Defense continues to be absolutely rabid on that end. And this entire season, what, what is this, 15 games now? Um, I know there's a bunch of wild and crazy stats from three-point land out there from everybody, but to be shooting 59, 60% on a high volume of threes is absolutely ridiculous and um yeah i I don't really know what to say about kcp he's like been the most reliable uh player on this team on the nights when you don't need his scoring he just does the little things on the nights when you do need it he's continuing to knock down his three-point shots so tell me about your favorite boy the pope yeah dude he's been awesome this year um and, and like you said, or I guess like I was saying with LeBron, it's not just the offense. The offensive numbers are obviously jump out at you and, you know, some underrated. I mean, KCP does a pretty good job of attack. I know in most of his shots are three-pointers uh, in any, any particular night, but 
he does do a good job of getting out in transition and also attacking the rim yeah. and, and diving. And, and so he gets to the line occasionally. He's shooting 91.7% from the free throw line this year. I mean, it's again, it's a low volume because he only takes like one a game, but it's enough at this point to be like, that's pretty good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So he, he's, it, it's a positive upward trend. Again, I know he's only played 11 games because he was out for a few with an injury and, and he doesn't take that many, but still, you know, he's like you said, high volume attempts from three. I caught a little bit of his interview after uh, the game on spectrum. And he said like last year was, which by the way, he shot 38 and a half percent from three also over the course of the season. And even a little bit, or maybe about the same in the bubble. So he did not shoot poorly last season, but he, he, he mentioned that last season, you know, it's kind of getting used to LeBron getting used to AD and, uh, and now he's gotten comfortable and he kind of knows where he's supposed to find his spots and where he's going to get his looks. And you can really see that uh, when you watch him play this year, it seems like he's always in the right position. Like he's always found a way to get himself open in the corners or get himself op- open. Um, when LeBron has the ball and when, when there's a double team or his guy is, is kind of shading LeBron in the paint. Like he, he just knows where to go instinctively and he's getting there and LeBron's finding him and he's just raining threes. So yeah, uh, definitely give him a lot of props and, and he's not forcing it. I feel like there was a stretch, um, maybe a, one of his first, either his first or his second season with us, certainly where he, it felt like he was trying to do too much. And maybe it was a function of being on a small or excuse me, inexperienced and young team. It felt like he would, you know, we always kind of saw like his role is playing aggressive defense and hitting threes. And I think he wanted to be a little bit more than that at some point yeah. and, you know, was trying to create with the ball in his hands and, and do a little bit too much. And now he's really settled into his role. I mean, he took 10 shots tonight, all 10 were threes and <laughs> most of them, most of them were wide open and he drained seven out of 10. So, you know, big games, I, I felt the same, you know, kind of not to go off tangent too much, but with Caruso, you know, Caruso hit a big shot. At the, at the end of the game in the fourth quarter to give us uh, extend our lead a bit and yeah yeah he did you know hopefully we start to see I mean Caruso famously started Game Six of the Finals you know and D- Danny was hurt so hopefully we see some of that residual carryover effect uh, from all the Finals experience and all that all that good stuff with some of our role players uh, from last year. And then hopefully that encourages some of our role players from this year or you know new guys that are going to be role players for us to kind of get you know, their confidence going to as the season progresses. Yeah, that's uh, Lakers three point percentage leader Alex Caruso to you. Uh, I think after tonight, he is like 56% from three and then KCP. I haven't done the math, but quickly, it's probably like 55, 56% for KCP as well on like 2.5 threes made a game. So absolutely echo what you said about KCP. I have never seen a transformation in terms of just confidence oozing from a dude. Um, the way that I have seen from KCP, it's it's wild, the transformation um, he's undergone as a Laker. And, you know, just the championship aura just oozing out of him is like, you can't deny it. And it's it's crazy that you're getting this guy for $13 million a year. Uh, when you see the needs of other teams around the league and just how many, you know, supposed 3 and D guys end up tricking teams to pay, into paying them like 18 mil a year. You go as recently as Alan Crabb, you know, back in the day when like, oh, here's the 3 and D prototype. Let's pay him $18 million. And meanwhile, we have <laughs> KCP here getting paid 13 and 
He's in the 50-50-90 club right now, 50% from the field, 50% from three, 90% uh, from the free throw line. So props to KCP, Contavious Championship Pope. Uh, all right, we'll take it to break, and when we return, we'll talk about more guys on this team and just the team as a whole as we head into this more competitive stretch. But before we get to our sponsors, our Apple Podcast Review of the Night. All right, so tonight's Apple Podcast Review of the Night will be brought to you by Impressionist extraordinaire Tommy Alexander, who will be reading it as Wes Matthews' invisible arrow quiver that he reaches into whenever he knocks down a three-pointer. And we're kind of cheating a bit because it's not an Apple Podcast Review, but please continue to Apple Podcast rate and review away. It is actually a Reddit review, um, and Wes Matthews' invisible arrow quiver will take it away from here. This... (laughs) This review is written by Bron James sixty nine. Hey, <laughs> fantastic, fantastic username. <clears throat> I've been listening to you guys. <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny. Maybe. I've been listening to you guys for about a year now. These episodes are always entertaining as fuck. I just the combination of I'm looking at this username and the review right under it, and just the scene of that is is hilarious to me. I don't, it was very hard for me to get that out. Of this. I know, like no matter what way you read it, it's just hilarious. It's I mean, just the, it's just the combination of the username and the and the quality of the review. I, it's just it matches perfectly. It takes you on quite the roller coaster ride, <laughs> Bron James sixty nine, and then that punctuation at the end. Also, I think it's cool that we've got you know some of the Bron stands on board. Who you know we, the Lakers did gain a large fan base all of a sudden out of nowhere with LeBron James coming here, and the fact that they hop on a a Lakers centric podcast, which. You know, probably to our fault, we rarely talk about LeBron James, actually, because, you know, he's a given and so is Anthony Davis. But the fact that people would tune in, Bron stands in particular would tune in and uh, like the show is pretty cool. But yeah, thank you, Bron James 69. Uh, And with that said, Tommy, what went into your channeling of Wes Matthews' invisible arrow quiver a la Hunger Games? I actually went a little bit of a different approach here. Oh. I didn't go Hunger Games, but I went for the Lego West, Lego 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 West <laughs> approach, and imagine what it would be like to be pulled from that trigger. Went with that approach. I hope you enjoyed it. The taking the hobbits to Isengard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, that's enough of that. All right. Thank you, um, Lego losses slash Lego Wes's arrow quiver. All right, so we are back. Um, the Lakers as a whole, I mean, we've mentioned their depth uh, multiple times, but even through 14 games in this season, the Lakers have six players averaging double figures, uh, which is crazy. Um, Cal Kuzma and Trez only average about uh, 24, 23 minutes a game, and they're able to be this highly productive in that short amount of time span. Um, so credit to them, credit to the bench. You mentioned Alex Caruso at this point, if Alex Caruso maintains this type of three point proficiency, like who, who is this guy? Is he like a a (laughs) taller, taller Patrick Beverly? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe what is a comp for Alex Caruso? It might be Patrick Beverly. People don't often, you know, like to make that association, but he's a taller, more athletic Pat Bev, and that's a crazy weapon to have on your team, you know? Um, 
And then I want to give props to Kyle Kuzma really quick because he, one, he's had this uh, strange trend recently, which didn't used to be the case, where he'll knock down his first three and then he'll trail yeah. off, where it used to be the opposite. Or he'll just miss his first three and then never make again. But recently, he just come in the game, immediately take a three and hit it. But regardless of how he's doing on the offensive end, and maybe this is just indicative of uh, this whole team. I, I could say this about Trez. I could say this about Gasol. We've said it about Caldwell Pope. But I think we're starting to see Kuzma just totally embrace that, kind of the, yeah. the transformation we've seen from KCP, right? Just embracing the role at hand um we saw glimpses of it last year but i feel like he's like 180 like whatever i need to do out here i'm gonna do it doesn't matter what types of shots i'm getting or not getting whether i hit my first three or not hit my first three i'm gonna rebound the shit out of the ball which is exactly what he's been doing um tonight is actually on the low end of what he's been doing only five rebounds but prior to tonight he was averaging 10 rebounds a game his last four Uh, i think he has his highest rebounding rate of his career uh, 10 rebounds per 100 possessions, 8 rebounds per 36. Um, I really like that comment that he made and that observation that he made when he mentioned because he's been playing the wing a little bit more, he realizes that shooting guards and small forwards don't like to box out. So he's 6'9". Why not uh, try and take advantage of that uh, Take advantage of that fact? So I thought that was a very astute observation on Kyle Kuzma's end. Um and defensively tonight, I mean, he had another two blocks, uh, one a very aggressive block on uh, Brooke Lopez. And then I actually thought he played Giannis very well uh, a couple times. Um, it's also in transition when Giannis would do that little Euro drag step or whatever. Kuzma just maintained his position really solidly. And I think overall tonight, this was one of those, you know, grit and grind sort of performances from uh, Kuzma that I really appreciated. And he's been doing it recently, as I mentioned, just being active on the boards and um, contributing in other ways. And at this point, if he continues this trend, Kyle Kuzma could be the 6'9 version of Alex Caruso. I mean, I really like the energy he's been bringing out there. And I think when Caruso and him were both out there in the fourth quarter, that was kind of what was really leading the charge. And when Frank Vogel switched up the lineups, we kind of dipped again in energy uh, until he brought Caruso back in. But yeah, what are your thoughts on on Kuzma? And then I guess you can expand that out to just uh, all the little things the rest of these guys on the bench are doing, these role players who... Frank Vogel has now admitted, I'm having a tough time giving guys minutes that they deserve. Yeah, Kuzma, I actually think, is having probably, in my opinion, his best overall season um, mm. as, a, as a pro. I think, you know, I said this to you offline, and maybe we talked about this on the pod at some point, but before the season started, and by the way, you know, I'm very thankful that we've locked this dude up to his extension at this yeah. point, because given the flashes he's showing right now of how versatile he can be and how good of a two-way player he can be and proven that consistently in, in games that mean something, um, somebody would have paid this dude and he might've yeah. taken it frankly to like, go get a bigger role somewhere else. But uh, Kuzma, I, I, I said this before the season started, if he scores 11 points, 12 points a game, whatever, like he doesn't need to score 18 points a game. If he scores 10, 11, 12 points a game on a team like this, but shooting with high efficiency, that's going to say like all, you know, that's going to say everything to the entire league looking at this guy as a prospect. And that's exactly what he's doing this year. I think he's Mm -hmm. still shooting 40% from three. Yep. Some like mid forties overall taking mostly jumpers by the way. And, you know, at the same time you mentioned, you know, ramping up the defensive and offensive rebounding, uh, 
becoming more of a manic defender in terms of seeking blocks. Um, I think he's averaging it's, it's a slight increase, but I believe he's averaging a career high from in terms of blocks so far. Yeah. 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 And it's rising, right. Which is, it's a good positive trend. And, um, you know, just playing really good positional defense. I mean, I, this is going to seem silly, but a couple times I noticed, you know, Pat Connaughton, you know, talk about wonky stats so far. Pat Connaughton is shooting 50% from three this year and taking, <laughs> taking three and, a, and, and he's not a bad shooter, but he's shooting 50% from three, taking three and a half a game. So it's a good volume also. Um, and there were, and you know, obviously Dante DiVincenzo is, or D, uh, <laughs> D, no, yeah, Divin Divincenzio. That's what Stu was calling him, <laughs> Divincenzio. Um, but you know, Dante's obviously a really good shooter too. And I feel like old Kyle Kuzma was so like jumpy and trigger happy on defense that you know, anytime you those guys who are good shooters would give a little bit of a pump fake, he was just diving all over it. I, I like yeah. noticed most multiple times tonight. He was staying super disciplined. He was staying down. He was contesting when it was time to contest, crashing the boards after the contest. But he wasn't going for these like silly fakes and making like kind of frankly dumb mistakes that he has been known to make from time to time in over the course of you know the first four years of his career. So I, I've really really liked Kuzma. Um, you know I feel like the stats. He only had five points, five rebounds, two blocks tonight. Um, but the stats don't do it justice. Like you said, the no. defense was there and, um, the hustle was there and, you know, our, our team, we're, we're not playing three, seven footers this year. So, you know, we need to be more of a gang team re- re- rebounding mentality. And Kuzma's definitely contributing to that off the bench. Yeah. The fact that he's been able to, and this has been a problem with him, I guess, most, especially last year, just adjusting to the role shift and the less minutes, but from every role player on this team not named LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they've all had to find a way to, how do I make the most out of my limited time? It's probably going to be on the high end, 25 minutes. On the low end, I could get 16 minutes. And it's just nice to see Kyle Kuzma sort of, like I mentioned, adopting the KCP or Alex Caruso mindset, where at the end of the day, yeah, I may not get the flashy points or whatever, but I want to make sure to contribute in the way that my team needs me to contribute. And tonight, you know, I was most surprised that he was bodying up bigger dudes, whether it was Portis, Brooke Lopez, or Giannis, because usually Kyle Kuzma tends to get knocked around pretty easily, you know? He but does. tonight he, he defended does. like he was a big. I was like, what is this? This is bizarre, you know? Like, and is dude, Miles Portis, Turner or something? I, I don't know. Maybe I haven't been playing close attention. Portis is like bulked he's having up a good quite season. a bit. Yeah. Oh my. And he's having a very good season. And he's bulked up quite a bit. Um, compared to when he was a rookie, but, or when, we, when we were first following him, uh, cause I, you know, for the long time listeners, you remember we were into him around the time he was drafted, but yeah. you know, he, he is a very, very strong player down on the block. And, you know, similar to my comment about Connaughton and DiVincenzo and Kuz was guarding them on the perimeter. Like he was, Portis was trying this fakes. He was trying to back. <laughs> <Could> Kuzma. <laughs> Kuz, yeah. Kuzma wasn't biting on the fakes. He was keeping strong position and he played him straight up really well. Portis only shot two for six, only had four points tonight. He averages 11 on the season. So. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say about Kuz, it seems like he's having a reverse career trajectory from uh, Jeremy Grant, who by the way is having a, like a really awesome season with the Pistons 
it's just they're not going anywhere, right? Um, yeah. But I feel like Kuzma kind of got that shine early on when he averaged like 16 points, 19 points as a sophomore. Um, but slowly he's having to learn, you know, with lesser minutes in a smaller role, how do I be effective? How can I be productive? And that's something Jeremy Grant, you know, had last year with the Denver Nuggets, you know, being an integral part to a contending team and decided, I want more, you know, I want more money. Actually, he got the same amount of money because um, I think that Denver also offered him 20 million. He just wanted a larger role to kind of spread his wings and, you know, knock, no knock on him. But it's kind of interesting to see Kuzma, you know, take a reverse trajectory from Jeremy Grant, where he's starting to have to learn to do what Jeremy Grant did for the Nuggets last year. And hopefully that can carry through to the playoffs, because I'd love for Kyle Kuzma to be regarded the same way Grant did against our series with the Nuggets. So I just hope that he continues this all throughout the, the season. Yeah, I guess to close this out, are there any other guys you want to hit up? Anything you want to bring up? I feel like we've been largely positive. Let's talk about Schroeder real quick because he's one guy that's kind of, I don't know, I understand like all the things that he brings this team that's so different from other guys, uh, especially not named LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, He's kind of struggled the last few games and defensively, I'll give him all his props. Um, This is why I can't be too mad at him. He's always seems engaged and uh, very uh, intent on harassing his defenders. And I, I definitely don't knock his effort defensively. Uh, offensively, you alluded to it a little earlier on, him just trying to find his place. I understand all of that. But his decision-making is not good. Um, and he's continuing to get the minutes. Um, and I get it. We He's a free agent. You know, we're trying to, like, work out an extension for him. I, I kind of understand the politics but behind why he just always has a consistent 31 minutes regardless of his play. Um, but I feel like Caruso should be getting more minutes than getting some of his minutes. I feel like even THT should be getting some of his minutes. Uh, I don't think it's a problem at all because, again, defensively, the way he's playing, uh, you're never really, you're never really dead on the floor with him. Um, but offensively, he leaves so much to be desired, especially when he when Vogel tried to stagger the lineups uh, in this game where. Uh, he, he left Schroeder out there with the bench unit, and Schroeder just took that as, oh, green light for me to keep chucking the ball, and uh, I'm going to ignore the rest of these guys. And so I'm just like, oh, man, this seems like counterproductive to what we're trying to do right now. So I don't know if you have thoughts on Schroeder. It's not an indictment on him that I'm trying to put up here, but it's just, I, I guess my the, the opinion that I've formed thus far of this season is like, I'm not, on paper, I understand what he can bring to this team and his ceiling, but so far... It's, I'm not too overly impressed by Schroeder. Um, I, I, look, I think Schroeder's getting the minutes right now because Frank knows we need this dude to play at a pretty high level if we're going to win a championship. Um, he's going to be a huge part of our team. He's going through a very, very bad slump. I think it's interesting because he came in preseason. Every game he played in preseason looked phenomenal. Like the first two weeks of the season looked phenomenal. But... He's been in a rut for, I mean, it's been a minute at this point, right? Like it, it's yeah. been several games in a row uh, or, you know, certainly if not in a row, maybe he's had one or two good games sprinkled in there, but a lot of bad offensive games. Uh, but he needs to get the minutes because he needs to figure out how he fits. Like, like I love Caruso. THT has obviously been awesome for us when he's gotten the chance, but those guys are not going to win us playoff games and and necessarily, I mean, in their own ways, like Caruso might in his own way, but Schroeder is really, I mean, he's going to be a guy who 
we hope to have to close, uh, you know, closing games for us and in, in the playoffs. And he, he's, you know, had the effort there defensively. He had two steals tonight. He was applying a lot of ball pressure. I thought he was holding his own against bigger defenders because he sometimes mm. gets sought out because he is the shortest guy in our starting lineup. So he, they do sometimes defenses do sometimes seek him out, but you know, he really needs to figure out where to get his shots. I was looking at his stats and his first season in OKC, it was kind of similar. His shooting, his efficiency was pretty low. I think that season he was still playing with Westbrook. Yeah, that's that's correct, right? Because it was his first season. And then mm-hmm. last season. Yeah, that's right. So he was still playing with uh, Westbrook. So he was kind of figuring it out. And then last season, he obviously was amazing and with really high efficiency. So he will get there. I think a lot of his poor decision-making, it's almost like you could see it when Kuz used to go through his stretches of bad yeah. shooting last year with the bad decision-making. Like, he's passing up on wide-open shots because he doesn't have any confidence in his ability to hit shots right now. He'll get into the mid-range where he was carving teams up early in the season and just hitting these floater after floater after, like, just, I mean, easily. Like, he would he would barely play and put up 20 points, right? So, 18, 20 points. So, He's like not. He's gone away from that now. Um, somehow he only had one turnover tonight. It felt like he actually had more. Uh, but you know, he's, he was he looking is, off guys for bad shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like he he is his decision making has been a little bit suspect. And again, I think it's just a function of he's new playing with AD and LeBron. Yeah, it hasn't been that many games yet, and he, they just need more reps together, and he needs more reps to kind of figure it out. I I thought you know. Early in the season, you could say something similar about Marcus All, and I feel like Mark, because he's such a vet and he's so smart, has really already figured out how he fits in on this team, and I think that'll only continue to progress. But Mark wasn't giving us anything the first like week or two, and quietly his he's shooting like thirty nine percent from three. All of a sudden, um, his yeah. shooting numbers are climbing up. His points and rebounds are consistent for how many minutes he plays. His blocks are rising. Um, he's really figured out what his, how to make the most of, of his time and, and make the most of the lineups he, he plays with. And Schroeder just is not there yet. I think he defers a little bit, in my opinion, a little bit too much to LeBron early in the games and it kind of takes him out of the flow. So I don't know if maybe that's the answer and maybe it's something else, but he needs the reps to figure it out. And I definitely support continuing him to play him 30 minutes a game. Cause we need him. Um, I don't think yeah. it has anything to do with the politics. Like, you know, I think he wanted to start. He's getting his chance to start. AB started for us last year. And when he went through stretches of struggling early in the season, we put him on the bench, you know, and eventually he started getting better. He started getting more minutes. But I, I think we just know, like last year we had four point guards on the team that, and we figured Rondo was probably going to play a big role, but Schroeder has to be very good for us this year. And uh, that's why it's worth, you know, continuing to give him the minutes in my opinion. Sure, I totally get that, and I totally get the process of running him through the grinder in hopes that it'll pay dividends. Um, I I also think, as with Marcus Gasol, it's kind of the onus is on Frank Vogel to get these guys in the right situations, because I agree with you. I mean, when he's out there in the starting lineup, he's kind of nullified, and then Marcus Gasol gets nullified even further, because then there's Schroeder. So I just wish, and Frank has started to show a little of it, you know, I just want more staggering when it comes to Marcus Gasol, and Schroeder. We've seen these random stints where Marcus Gasol comes out there with like a 
trash lineup when it's already garbage time just to play with these scrubs to show off his passing. And I'm like, why haven't we seen that again, Frank? <laughs> you know? And then right. we saw a little bit of it tonight with Schroeder with that bench lineup, but Schroeder was so much in his head that it wasn't effective because all he wanted to do was try and put some points up versus just trying to play as a, a primary initiator overall and a good floor general. And so I, I hope Frank Vogel continues to stagger them where Schroeder gets the chance to be the primary ball handler, where he can pick and choose his spots of when to score and when to play make versus just, wow, I haven't been doing shit. Let me just put the shot up, you know? And right. with Gasol, too, I just hope he gets more of a chance with Kuzma. We are literally not seeing them play together because Frank Vogel is dead set on playing this Kuzma, Trez, Wes Matthews, Markeith lineup for whatever reason. Um, I, and I think it's it's going to come. I think he's just rolling through like a couple of stre- stretch games here and eventually he'll he'll flip things up. But but yeah, I, I, I'm not worried. Like like you mentioned, I think. I do think it's worth it to to have him go through his growing pains right now. It's just it's just so weird to me. And again, I think this is going to fall on staggering. But you have Anthony Davis on your team. Last year, we and I know this is unfair to compare him to Rondo and the connection that Rondo had with AD, but it's like you'd imagine like Schroeder would get at least one lob to AD a game. You know what I mean? Like they had that comment earlier on the season where AD was like, yeah, we figured out the pick and roll. We got this. And then it just seems like it's been non-existent. I don't know, again, if it's because he feel feels like he's being phased out. And once he finally gets the ball, he's not patient enough to, you know, run a pick and roll with AD. Or maybe the defense is playing us a certain way. But you'd think, as a starter playing 31 minutes, that you've got the easiest safety valve in the league in Anthony Davis. Just throw it up one time to him. You know what I mean? Don't you think that's bizarre? Like, we haven't seen any lobs from... Schroeder and AD, again, it might be a, a Vogel thing, but it's just something to that I hope slowly as Schroeder like kind of calms himself on the offensive end, um, he doesn't feel so pressed to try and prove that he's like an 18-point scorer or whatever. So, um, yeah. With that said, I think that'll do it for our episode. Um, the Lakers play, I think, within this upcoming stretch against the 76ers is their biggest matchup. I mean, Embiid is like a wrecking ball right now through the league. Kind of fun to see. So it'll be really fun to see how Anthony Davis matches up against someone like Embiid. Uh, and then we play the Celtics with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum absolutely both going That'll ham this season. Yeah. yeah, so looking forward to those games coming up. And hopefully this gets us off on the right foot against the Bucks, And we maintain this sort of mentality and intensity, which I think we will because we're going to be on the road and that seems to wake us up. So uh, any last thoughts or anything, Tommy? Uh, no, that's it for me. Cool. With that said, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. I will add a link to kuyaateco.com in the description box below. Use promo code LITLEGACY for 10% off. And with that said... Go Lakers, go Joe Biden and our new presidential administration, and go the new Pope, whatever that means. All right, uh, Tommy, I'll catch you later. Later. Peace.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.